Hello, and welcome to the Artificial Podcast, with your host Nick Myers. Artificial Intelligence. Voice Recognition. Machine Learning. Robotic. Actionable Analytics. It is Nick's goal to help everyone understand how AI and voice technology are reshaping our lives both personally and within organizations. Your glimpse into the growing world of AI and voice first starts now. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Welcome to the Artificial Podcast. My name is Nick Myers, and I am here to help break down topics in emerging technology, artificial intelligence, and voice assistant tech to help everyone understand how these technologies are impacting our lives both personally and within our organizations. The Artificial Podcast is brought to you by Red Fox AI. Red Fox AI helps give brands a voice by leveraging the power of AI and voice assistant technologies like Alexa and Google Assistant. If you or your organization is interested in sponsoring an episode, please send an email to the artificial podcast at redfox-ai.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere that you stream podcast episodes. You can also follow the artificial podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube by searching for the artificial podcast. Thank you for listening. And now on to this week's episode. Hey there, Artificial Podcasters. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Artificial Podcast. This week, I am excited to welcome Misha Faganson from Thinking Camp Innovation to the show. And Misha actually reached out to me on Twitter after I did one of my calls for guests. And this this had to have been at least about a month or two ago. Um, but he and I ended up connecting a couple weeks ago and he filled me in and all of the really neat things that he's up to at his company, Thinking Camp Innovation, the work he's doing in the education sector when it comes to leveraging Alexa to help kids learn languages and so many cool things. So I'm really excited to be able to chat with him this week. But before I officially invite Misha onto the show, let me tell you a bit about Michael Misha Faganson. Misha is an educator, physicist, and entrepreneur. In 2012, together with his wife, Miriam, he started an app development company to build mobile apps to help young parents like themselves. Their Sound Sleeper app became one of the most popular baby sleep apps in the App Store, with more than 5 million downloads. In 2018, together with Fred Park, a teacher and instructional coach in the Massachusetts public school system, Misha started Thinking Cap Innovation, a startup that uses voice technology and virtual assistants like Amazon Alexa to help students master fundamental math skills and learn languages. As true proponents of screen fee learning, Misha and his team work to bring high quality and affordable education technology to preschools around the world. Misha, welcome to the Artificial Podcast. How are you? Yeah, thank you, Nick. Thank you for this nice introduction, and uh, very I'm very excited to be here. I just make small correction: innovations, innovations. Uh, I apologize. Yeah, yeah thinking cap innovations, everybody. Not exactly. innovation, <laughs> innovations with the s on the end. Exactly. <laughs> but okay. thank you so much again for taking the time to chat with me here, and I'm really excited to dive into some of the the things you're working on specifically as we look at voice being used in education, and that really seems to be a core part of what you're working on. And there's a lot of discussion right now on how voice can best be used to help children learn new things and and be used effectively in education. So I'm I'm really excited to dive into some of that. But to kick things off here, 
you know, maybe talk a bit about yourself. What has your career journey been like so far? You know, being a physicist by trade and then the founder of a successful mobile app development company and now a voice app development company. What has your journey been like? Yeah, thanks, Nick. Yeah, like you said, I'm a um, physicist by education. And about eight years ago, I left physics. It's actually helped. It's actually help, happened like in many entrepreneurial stories. I The company I worked uh, were closed and I was at home looking for a job. And now uh, I just bought iPhone. I was um, tinkering with this device. I love programming. So and uh, we just got married mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were expecting our first baby and we learned about power of white noise. And our son was born and he was a very bad sleeper. And um, I just said, okay, let me just uh, build it for ourselves. And so we start, so I, I built a very simple app that played different white noises and it worked like magic. Like literally it was in a few seconds. You wow. Out cold. Well, I'm sure then you knew that it worked, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay. So we just, uh, put it on the app store um, and suddenly like, it took some time to cut off, but what did happen right away is I started receiving love letters from par- other parents. Wow. <laughs> And that was very, like, wait a minute, I'm like a physicist, usually don't get love letters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're more engaged with the devices and uh, microscope and things like that. And so, um, so I never went back to physics. I said, you know what, I always wanted to, to do my own stuff and my own thing. And that's probably the moment. And, and so that's, um, that's how it happened. Yeah, you're you're right. Your your story is sounds quite similar to a lot of others I've heard as well, where it's like, well, we have this problem for ourselves, might as well fix it. And then you find out through yeah. that process, oh wait, millions of other people have this problem too. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. And it's actually what's interesting. Um it's this app. Uh, it's actually very typical again for entrepreneurial journey. It, uh, we we started very it was very simple app at the beginning and we started adding features as we went through. So uh, like I showed it uh, to some friends who came over uh, and they said, oh, look at this. <laughs> like we, <laughs> we all have babies and like they came with their baby, their baby like very fuzzy yeah. now. Son is like quiet, <laughs> chilling out. And he said, oh, okay, not a big deal. I want to see this app in the middle of the night. Um, we put him to sleep by itself so I don't have to wake up. I said, hmm, that's an interesting idea. So, so I built this feature that uh, listens to the baby. And uh, if baby starts crying, start playing coming sound wow. by itself. So you actually physically don't have to come. And this was like, oh my gosh, it actually works. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, and then we started adding more and more features, but that was actually every feature that we added was really from personal need or experience was talking to people. So, yeah, no, that that that's fascinating, yeah. and of of course, especially as you develop something like a mobile app, and even as as we talk about voice here, you know, making sure that you're actually hitting on the pain points that are affecting the people that you're building what you're building for, right. it actually happens. Right. You know, right. that's that's just a testament, I think, to you. You know, being open minded and right. actually going to people who you know can have this similar problem. Be like, hey, what else can we add to this to make it better? So that's that's really neat. I'm I'm really glad to hear that it worked out so well for you and I'm, sure. I'm assuming it's still i mean are you still getting downloads on the app store have you checked any of that or is, is it still quite popular what you built yeah it is quite popular yeah and we actually come now in um like uh we're going as 
we continue going with this journey is our oldest now in a in the fourth grade. <laughs> just, wow. I stopped for a second to calculate his grade. Yeah, he's been in the fourth second in the fourth grade. So, uh, so now we need features. So I'll add to I'll go. That will be transition to Alex actually, but also. To continue to sound sleeper now, we actually thinking we have now meditations and kid meditations, and something that will help kids to calm down, calm, you know, be more calm. And um, so, so I can tell you, the a continuation of this journey works actually very smoothly led us to Alexa, because what happened mm-hmm. now, uh, all the son who inspires the uh, first company, he started first grade, and uh, he was struggling with math. And around the same time, we bought Alexa. And um, again, the same story. I was trying thinking with I was trying to understand how it works, how I can program for that. And as I was doing it, um, I was um, observing my kids playing with this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting. So there are a few interesting observations. First of all, I was amazed to see how they interact with them, with, the, with Alexa. So, for them, talking to machine feels like talking to a real person. So they can laugh with it, they can get upset with it. And I said to myself, well, that's very interesting. If I, it's probably, if I build something educational, it will, feels, it will feel to my kids that they talk to a real teacher. So it's can become, it's very interesting observation. But even more powerful observation was this multitasking. They could actually, I interact, and later when I built something and they started testing it, I, of course, <laughs> testing everything on my kids. So yeah. when I started working on this and I, and as they do math with Alexa, they actually do other things while they do this. So, uh, um, so that I could see them. So it was enough, like we sit on the carpet, just enough to put in front of them box of Lego and they start like without saying anything and starting Alexa and they do mass while building their Lego castles or something. So that's so powerful because it often happens that our play time and homework time, educational time, they're in competition with each other. Wow. But it doesn't have to be this way. We can do same, think at the same time, as, uh, both things at the same time. So that's something very powerful. And the third and most appealing thing to me was there's no screen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because I don't think, I think right now after more than half a year of pandemic, I don't have, we don't have to convince anybody about uh, negative things that can come from the screen, especially for right. kids. Um, uh, but we actually raise our kids without screens. We don't have TV, we don't have um, computer games. Like we're very, very strict about it. I don't know how long we'll be able to continue right. this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All the is now nine, so we'll see. We still have probably few years we can continue we'll see but the bottom line uh this no screen policy is very strong in our family and th- that's something that's talked to me uh, really because this interaction and why is that because when you talk when you interact with a uh with a computer via screen you're ha- hypnotized like you are not really thinking you're not really reasoning you're not really using your brain in a full way you uh, led by this technology but when yeah. you get rid of the screen you suddenly start thinking you start start using your imagination you start um uh, yeah so it's like completely different way of like i'm for it it's like on so i said okay so that's 
that's something I want to do. So I was, as I said, my son was struggling with math. So I was thinking, can I use this technology to help him uh, with math? So that's how this project started. So I, at the same time, I talked to the math teacher uh, in the school where he studied Fred Park and mm-hmm. who became my very good friend and a, and a, and a partner and co-founder of this project. Fred is in charge of um, edu- all the educational content in, on our program. So we started, we, we decided to go for it. He, like, when I first talked to him, he was, uh, he was like, he almost jumped through the roof. He was like, oh my gosh, I was waiting for this <laughs> for 20 years. You don't understand. Yeah. It's like, the, when you bring, uh, uh, and actually that's this phrase I heard not only from him, but from many other teachers I interviewed when, uh, when I, talk, I talked to many teachers trying to understand how do you use technology in the classroom? I tried to understand what the place of the technology and the most, you can't believe it, but the most, um, uh, like I heard from so many teachers this phrase, I hate computers in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So because, and uh, why is that? And then you just, it just uh, open the door and they like start talking like, because they don't learn anything. They only play and it's only about, you know, this flying cow. Right. And get, and to your point that you just made about concept. screen interface and, and what that right. does right. while you're engaging with it versus voice only. Yeah, it's it just becomes a game. You just collect another point. You just want to see the bing. You just you just only this yeah, look, you always every second you distracted from thinking from uh, so when you get rid of this, suddenly it becomes very powerful educational tool. That is so a really, the- you know, that's a really interesting story. And, and yet again, I like how through the power of observation is really what, what led you to what you're working on at, at Thinking Cap, you know, observing yeah. how your children were learning math. And you're like, you know, I, with us being a screenless family, how can I yeah. help him learn math more efficiently? And then that led you to right. voice, which I just think is absolutely fascinating. And I, 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 I'm not shocked at all when you said that when you were talking to teachers, they said that they cannot stand screens in the classroom, which is funny because you look at a majority of school systems now in the U.S. and, and probably around the world who are issuing Google Chromebooks like their textbooks, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's almost like what teachers don't like is almost just it, it's being forced no matter what. So yeah. I, I've really yeah, thought you know, a lot of, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I recently was in the, I was recently was in the supermarket and I see the huge advertising. Kids need more computers for Zoom. Like, <laughs> donate money to get more computers for Zoom. I'm like, no, you won't get my money for Zoom because Zoom is a great company, but the educational value of Zoom teaching is zero in my right. opinion. Like looking at my kids. So <laughs> no, that's not the way to go. Right. Um, no, that, that, that's really interesting. So, you know, you've, of course, you just kind of went into the story about how, about how you and Fred came up with Thinking Cap Innovations. So with Thinking Cap Innovations, has, has your focus always been on children? Are you looking to expand beyond helping children learn things like language and, and math and other skills? Are you looking to expand that to, you know, maybe more adolescents and adults? Or has the focus just always been on children? And then maybe aside to that question, I guess, what has stood out to you about the way that children interact with voice assistants like Alexa and Google Assistant? Yeah, 
Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. So since everything I did was sort of about, about the catalyst behind the ideas with my own experience, um, when we saw the power of this voice, uh, voice technology with math, yeah, and maybe I would say that we started with math um, because the, first of all, because uh, I wanted to help my children. <laughs> That's the first thing. Yeah. But the second thing, uh, technology, technologically speaking, it's very easy to do math because you know that the answers that you answer that you get, get is always a number. Right. And you don't have to guess what user said. You just, you know, it's a number. Like you have to interpret that if that's a number. Right. There is an answer no matter what. <laughs> yeah, there's not, yeah, but that's a number. You know, it's easy. It's not uh, something else. Like, um, if it, and if it's not a number, you just have to ask again to, until you right. get the number. <laughs> so that's the thing. But, uh, but as long as more we work with this, as more I so, thought about this, um, I couldn't help but thinking of other applications which is, could be so powerful in that learn, learning languages. And that, of course, not only limited to children, but to any age. And I'll tell you how I got to this idea. It also was inspired by my kids. But first, it came from my experience actually learning German a few years ago. I was um, trying to learn German like maybe five, ten years, five, six, seven years ago. I don't know. We, uh, together with my wife, my wife, we were. Uh, we're trying to learn German together. And the way we did it, we were listening to podcasts. There's a great podcast by Deutsche Welle. It's a German uh, sort of equivalent of BBC. Mm -hmm. And they um, put together this amazing course, which probably they created, I guess, about 20 years ago. I think it was first in cassette tapes. And now <laughs> they move it to DVD. And now it's on a podcast. But, but, but material is amazing. So, and it's, it has a plot and it, there's people talking. So I was listening to this every time, everywhere I went, I was listening to this podcast. But what happened to me over the time, I wanted to repeat after them. I wanted, so there's a plot there and the, and the, the people talk and whatever. So I wanted to be part of this conversation. So I, every time I ended myself uh, pressing stop button and just repeating the thing after them and then pressing play again. And I said, why didn't like i wish i could talk to them i wish i'd be part of this conversation so that's something was sitting for many years this thing mm -hmm. and then another thing so what actually pushed me to this um uh, my kids uh, switched schools and, uh, and in they in the old school they were um when they where they went uh, they studied spanish in the school where they go now there's no spanish so they were Oh, we spent so much time learning Spanish. Now we can't, there's no Spanish here. And uh, I said, okay, look, let's see if I can come up with something <laughs> to help you. So I, yeah. so I so again, came this idea, let me see if I can uh, create something. Um, so the bottom line to have, um, to have when we study, like we can, of course, you can ask. Wait a minute. So, what new can you do with Alexa? Then, um, some something like uh, Rosetta Stone didn't create, right? Right. Or Duolingo. What can you? How how can you innovate in this field when there are such a big players? And here, what I think about this, um, like more when we most of us when we come to learn to learn a new language, what we really want to do, we want to learn how to how to speak. 
Mm-hmm. I, most of us, like I know my wife, she's a linguist. She, when she's um, stressed, she take a book of Russian grammar to calm down. <laughs> but that's a very rare person. Like most of the people not interested in the grammar, people right. just want to, to speak. Uh, um, I can attest to that because when I was in high school and I was taking Spanish courses, I really, yeah. the, the worst part was learning how to write in the grammar. I didn't care about the writing and the grammar. Exactly. I just mm-hmm. wanted to speak the language. <laughs> and honestly, I probably would have exactly. done much better in those courses had I just, had it just been focused on speaking versus the writing part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. And when we look at the, even such a popular program like Duolingo, what you come up with end up having you they, they don't teach you how to speak okay they have like exercises of conversational exercises but it, it's very minor part of their curriculum so they uh, they focus most of the uh, online company uh, language learning companies they teach you you know everything you should know like the grammar and how to build sentences and whatever but today but this, what Alexa can bring in this um, to this space is this ability to have conversational exercise, to have conversation with machine. And this is super powerful. So we created this program. We called it, we started with teaching Spanish uh, and we called it Thinking Cap Spanish. So our math program called Thinking Cap Math and this called this called Thinking Cap Spanish. And uh, the idea behind Thinking Cap Spanish is that it's, interactive storytelling. So there's a story, there's a story, there's a literature. So the story is for kids, but it's actually well, works as well for adults as for kids. Mm -hmm. Just make it very fun. And the story is actually very ridiculous and funny. Exactly. It has to be the way it has to be in order to catch attention. So there's a little red riding hood and there's gingerbread man, and they all meet in this, uh, forest and there's a conversation between them and they and you part of the conversation and you they, they have interesting then they tell you okay now repeat after me como estas como estas okay great now they so and you repeat after them and you continue and then they said okay now imagine you meet wait a minute here's someone running let's ask him um where is he from and you're like Okay, so how do you say go ahead and then you're like oh the don't they, uh, ah okay <laughs> so it's very um, it's really you becoming part of this conversation, mm-hmm. part of the story. Um, That's a really interesting way to approach that too, because of course, of the last few years, you know, this the the whole concept of of storytelling and and going back to kind of the roots of how humans communicate. You know, there's been so much scientific research done that show that we communicate the most effectively when we tell stories, and people remember right. things when they're conveyed through story. So yeah, exactly. I think just alone, this is an approach to learning language that I, I have not seen or heard before. I definitely, yeah. you know, I used Rosetta Stone many years ago, but I don't remember that being a part of their platform. I, I can't say the same for Duolingo because I haven't used it, but I just think the concept that you've come up with here where you're immersing somebody in an interactive story and creating yeah. almost that muscle memory, I think is, right. that is that is really fascinating. Yeah, you know, I have a funny... A sort of memory when I was a when I was in the grad school I was used to teach a lot and I remember once I was teaching a class on something in math analysis I don't remember exactly but the idea was that you have to solve a series of uh, differential equations and in the first lesson I remember I 
uh, it's usually it's very boring course and like kids like <laughs> trying to escape it. Right. But I remember I remember that I came to the classroom and said, "Look at this! Uh, I drew a picture of a huge, uh, um, like big animal." And I said, "Look, uh, remember, Im- imagine yourself that you starting now. You finish this degree. You start a new job. You get your you learn your dream job, which is working for the company. Now your first assignment here. This is this." Uh, this uh, huge animal, scary animal, and you have to write a program that makes this animal move. And now we'll write equations and we'll put strings inside and we'll connect the strings and we will make it move and we'll solve these equations. So that was, became a very fun lesson. But uh, a few years later, I met someone and she said, <laughs> she was in this class. She said, you know what? I wasn't in your class. I don't remember anything, <laughs> but I remember <laughs> the story of this <laughs> huge huge animal and i remember this equation so maybe stories that would stick with us yeah stories and and song i can say this the same thing and relate to that you know even as far back as like seventh grade for me i remember Mm -hmm. my science teacher going over like i think it was a we were covering something in biology and she was going over like kingdom phylum class order family genus species and, it, mm-hmm. and no other situation in my life would I ever have to remember that. But she started banging on the counter over and over again in a rhythm yeah. going kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. And she kept doing it. <laughs> and then we all repeated. Nice. And I have never forgotten right. that. Also, back in right. music class, when I was in elementary school, this was probably second or third grade. There was this song naming all of the 50 U.S. states. And I still remember that yeah. song word from word today. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really fascinating that this is your approach to all this because it's really honing in on the ways that human beings remember things and can recall information. And yeah. we do that through story and music. So I, I think your approach here yeah. is just so fascinating, way, Misha. Yeah, you know, thanks. Thanks, Nick. And I want to add to this that actually when you look at the kids, how they learn a language, uh, it's something very interesting, although, of course, it's not really scientific. Uh, the way I'm sure the way kids learn uh, language is very different. Like, there's whole theories about how teach children learn languages, but there's something very interesting if you look at the children learn languages. What happens that, first of all, we never teach them grammar. That's first thing we never, and another thing, we never correct them. We just talk back to them in the correct way and then hear it correct way and then repeat after us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we do, we actually talk. So this principle of just don't teach grammar, don't correct them, just let them talk and listen, how, hear how what's the correct way to speak and keep them going, keep them talking. And that's what brings great results. Yeah, that's 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 insanely fascinating. So, what has the reaction been like from you know the children that have used Thinking Camp innovation skills on Amazon Alexa? What are some of the results that you've seen so far from from both maybe Thinking Cap Math and Thinking Cap Spanish? Yeah, so we started. So we actually released. So in the Thinking Cap Math, we started a little bit more than half a year ago. In our first. Uh, approach was that first of all we, we didn't really know who our customers we thought our first initial idea was that the parents would be our customers uh, our users and but what we very fast figured out that parents just don't have time mm-hmm. uh, because parents unfortunately i'm sorry to say that but that mostly most of the time parents 
looking for babysitter, some, some, something that will keep child quiet. And unfortunately, they go for YouTube and other things that will keep child uh, quiet for a longer time. Right. Um, so, so you bring, um, so it's very difficult to engage with parents because for them, they're looking, they're, they look for something different. But teachers, uh, when we talk to teachers, the more we talk to teachers, we saw that there's a um, uh, very big interest among the teachers. Um, and, uh, and our first audience was special education uh, students. And in the special education, uh, we chose this visual impaired student. So that was something very, very special. And it actually was the idea of someone, I was in some conference in, uh, uh, in London presenting the thinking at math and someone came up to, see, to me and said, wait, did you try it with uh, blind kids? And I said, hmm, that's a very interesting idea. So I came home and I uh, Googled like all, like many schools for visually impaired kids and send emails. And 10 people got back to me, just same day, <laughs> where are you? So like you never hear of this kind of response, like people, because people, uh, because this, uh, this particular group of um, teachers and students, they don't have any other technologies that can help them. Right. So we partnered with, uh, with several schools, which, which work with kids with visual, with, which work with, with students and uh, with visual impaired students. And that was absolutely amazing experience. Um, so the the one of the thing we asked is to send us recordings or the recordings so the kids interact with the program so we can improve the program. And listening to this recording was absolutely uh, absolutely amazing um, experience. Uh, you know, I think um, uh, <laughs> I I laugh at this that. Um, so we, 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 our products at this point, they are free products. So we don't, we still don't have any profits and we're bootstrapping the company. So, but if I, if I could go to the store, if I could buy milk with satisfaction, <laughs> get from this, I would probably, I could probably be independently wealthy yeah. <laughs> at this point because the amount of satisfaction you get. So I'll give you an example. One of the, I was listening to one day, one of the recordings, uh, from the, uh, from one of the schools and they, and they, they work uh, with the program. There's a group of kids, they work in the program. And mm -hmm. at the end of the uh, session, the teacher asks, so would you like to say something to the, to the developer? And uh, uh, like one girl says, thank you for building thinking kept math for us. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I was, I was that's like, tear jerking. Oh, no. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I was like, I was like crying. I was literally had tears in my eyes, you know, this kind of thing when you, look at the most vulnerable group of students who have, uh, and they take it so personally and they see such a huge value. So it was like, oh my gosh, so thank you. <laughs> like, thank you. Really. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's, and that's what's uh, interesting too about voice technology, right? Like, of course, there, there's so many different opportunities for anybody who want to, who wants to dive in and, and figure out a way to to leverage this for for a variety of different purposes, but one of the areas that has consistently always gotten attention that I, I'm shocked people don't invest in as much, it seems, is the accessibility part of voice, right? Like the fact that this can help so many people who are blind accomplish things that they could never hope to accomplish before, or people yeah. who 
have motor skill impairments and the ability for them to accomplish things easy with their voice. Right, or ki- exactly. Or kids who have troubles with, with reading or writing. Yes. So there's so much. Uh, I think accessibility is is such an untapped marker for this. And I even have been told by numerous people who aren't even in this space who are like, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity for anybody who chooses to go the accessibility route over the long term. So that's yeah. why I also think was in our in our pre-conversation we had a few weeks ago when you told me how you were partnering with some special education schools and some of the results you were getting, I'm like, that is that is an incredibly smart move because yeah. not only are you are you actually helping people and you get feedback like that, but you know, there's there's millions of people out there who who deal with different disabilities that this technology can can right. benefit. And and I'm sure the feedback that you're getting from even these schools you partnered with can only be used to help improve what you've built to even serve more people, which is even better yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and you know, usually it's interesting that usually what works for special education works for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like it's a group of, like, because they're such a difficult group, but if you, if you manage to help them, you can help anybody. So that's um, also- Absolutely. So maybe I should, maybe that's a place to say if one of your listeners will looking to partner with someone who in the field, uh, if someone wants to, some kind of partnership, that's maybe a place to say we are, we are welcome, looking for partnerships. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I'll echo that and say, you know, to what you just said, Misha, if any, anybody who's listening right now has any connections um, in the special education space or um, anything that has to do with disability or accessibility, please reach out to, to Misha here for to, to learn more about what he's lurking on and maybe partner because this this can really help so many people. So with that yeah. being said, we we talked a bit about you know how what you've built differs from Rosetta Stone or Duolingo, but are there any other advantages that you've been able to come across, whether that is learning a new language? Um I mean, of course, you have Thinking Cat Math, but what are some of the other advantages of of Amazon Alexa versus some of the other platforms out there for language learning, like Rosetta Stone, Duolingo, any others that help you learn math um, that have existed in the market for much longer? What are, what are some of the advantages you've been able to to really see? Yeah, look, that's uh, that's very interesting. That's that's actually a big question, and what um, I found out like, that I I wasn't aware of this, but there's something. This field in math called mental math. Now, mental math is our ability to do math in our head without mm-hmm. paper, without calculator. And it turns out that uh, there's a big research, there's actually a few researches that show that um, our ability to do math in a young age in our head, that's what finds our ability to acquire high level math. So it means uh, that if you know how to count, do math quickly. And if, if in fact, efficiently in your head, while you're young, you have a good chances finishing high school and getting into college. So that's how it is. So, so we literally with this technology, literally, like I'm, I like saying it to myself. We actually helping uh, putting kids into college. By yeah, that's incredible. To master this skill. Yeah. So that's also something I think is very powerful to remember oh absolutely and, and i yeah. you know even looking at myself growing up i i was one of those students where i was really good when it came to english and reading and writing and um you know even science to some degree but when it came to just math 
I always struggled. And I, I truly look back on that. And I think I'm not even so much sure it was just my inability to comprehend mental math as much as it was the way that we were being taught mental math and the way to go yeah. about memorizing and understanding the math itself. And I, I've reflected a lot on that as I've gotten older. And, and as I've gotten older, I've, actually, I've gotten better at, you know, even just, you know, multiplication and divisions doing some of that in my head. But I look back when I was younger and I, I've really thought about why did I hate math so much? And, and I really can, not, not that it was the direct fault of, of the teachers, but it was just the approach to it was just so off base from how I learned. And I think about if there was something like yeah. what you've built here with Thinking Cat Math when I was younger, if that maybe would have changed things for me, because it would have been a really interactive, off-the-cuff, immersive way to learn something that really, to, to some people, isn't, isn't that exciting, right? Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of where what I've been thinking about as we've been talking about this is there are so many kids out there who just do not like math. I'm not even sure that they're just not good at it. I just think the approach to teaching them it is somewhat flawed. And I think that's where something like what you've built here can really serve a need. Yeah, and I'll give you an example. The power of this voice technology in this field is because it feels like I mentioned to you that it feels to us, and especially for kids, that they're talking to a real teacher when they interact by a voice. So, so this device can say exactly things that teacher with the real teacher would say. So I'll give an example of the real power of voice of voice technology here. Imagine Alexa asks you how much is six plus seven and the student says like 16. So Alexa can, well, let's see. If six plus six is 12, how much is six plus seven? And this is super powerful because that's something that screen would never will be able to do. Right. It's like really making you think and making you teach. And it is. I just thought even when you said that, just because you prompted it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And that's okay. And by the way, you can divide. That, that's one of the things I really have um, a real joy of doing when I work on this. It's like designing this, uh, this Alexa conversation because there's so much you can, like, I, I remember I showed it to someone and said, Wait a minute! It sounds like it talks a real, speaks a real person. It doesn't sound like computer. I said yes because I spend hours of calculating every pause, every no, every right. millisecond that it stops, and thinking because it really allows you to create like it feels like a real teacher, like exactly like right. you said. All right, yeah. So, so you saw, you know, you see this power of this thing. That's something that screen will never be able to do. Right, like. I just made you think, right? I just made you, I just taught you something based on something you knew before. So that's, uh, that's the real power of this technology. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you envision the future of voice technology? Do you think it will kind of stay where it's been, where it's just a couple of platforms like Alexa and Google and Bixby and some of these others that just kind of maintain most of the market? Or do you think it'll at some point extend beyond these few platforms into an ecosystem where there's hundreds, maybe if not thousands of different voice assistants. How do you envision the future of this technology? Um, look, the only thing I probably can look what happened in mobile, like to be more, uh, so to learn from the what happened in the past. And uh, in the beginning, there are more players in it ended up having two major players. Right. Here, uh, 
I hope, like we are, of course, in, just in the very beginning, uh, I hope there will be more than two. You're right. <laughs> <The> more, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> because I do uh, too. the more players that deploy more players out there, I think I will be more, I'll feel more safe about that this information won't be used in the um, Like, you know, like I'm a big uh, fan of uh, Yuval Noah Harari, the historian. And I heard his uh, lecture. He said some phrase. He said, like, we are much better in creating technology rather than using it. Yes, so, we are. <laughs> so, when we, yeah, so, so start using technology. Uh, that's uh, So I think it will, if I will know that there are more than two <laughs> i'll be more i feel i'll feel more safe about what's happening in this field yeah I, by I, way, talking I about, agree with you yeah yeah and maybe talking about safety um it's also a very relevant question to the schools because these devices weren't created for the schools they were right. created for the education so when um uh, when this kind of thing comes to the school uh, teachers look very suspiciously to suspiciously to this device although Every teacher has a uh, phone in their pocket while they're teaching and this uh, Google Assistant and Siri listening at the same time. So like, what are they listening for? We don't know, but it feels to us, uh, I think we also, uh, but, it, but we ask a big question and rightly so, we ask all these questions about um, privacy. And, um, and, I, and there's a lot that we can do in this field. Like for example, there, uh, like I, I work more closely with Alexa. So in Alexa, for example, you can disable, like when um, when you work with in school, for example, you can disable recordings, you can disable um, voice recognition. You say you can, uh, like you can protect yourself in a very good way, I think, uh, which can be very good for schools. Uh, but something very interesting happened now with pandemics because now, um, like when we talked uh, to schools um, in, a, in a half year ago, most of the questions were like about security or weight. And okay, that's fair questions and they have to be addressed. And there's a way to, um, there is, like I said, there's a way to protect yourself mm -hmm. in a good manner. But now the questions are very different. Now, when we talk to schools, now we talk to, to districts, uh, questions are different. Questions are, uh, like before that, people were saying, ah, it doesn't have a screen. What can you do with a screen? Now the question is, ah, it doesn't have a screen. Interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. And ah, it only costs $30 <laughs> for the whole classroom. Right. Aha. Uh -huh. Double aha. Uh -huh. And uh, so that's the, uh, with this pandemic, uh, uh, with this situation currently, and also, and you say it's also touch-free, so children don't have to touch this technology. Right. Aha, uh -huh, that's free. Aha. Uh -huh. So that's completely, that's completely. We are in a completely different place, and I believe you asked me what I think will happen with this. I think uh, we truly in a place where schools and uh, will realize. Uh, um, the huge educational potential of this technology. They will, they will learn how to overcome security issues. And, and they will, but in, once they do this, the, this uh, I think this, um, this device will, will have its place in the classroom 
Like I have no doubt it will be like, you know, it will be like we have computers today in the classroom. I'm sure every classroom will have Alexa. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and that's the thing because compared to screens there, there really is no learning curve to it. So if you have a voice assistant in a classroom and, you know, whether or not the, the teacher, you know, decides to utilize that in some capacity to kind of augment the curriculum, I think that's only going to help students understand some of the information better, especially I think if, you know, more companies like yourself decide to take that story approach and you use the voice assistant to maybe kind of have more of an immersive experience with the class, because that's what they'll remember. They'll remember the stories and, and being involved in that. And, and that's exactly what yeah. voice technology can do. And again, I, I yeah. agree with you. And I, I think to a lot of us who work in this space day in and day out, you know, it seems like we've been in it forever, but to the rest of the world, it's, it's still so new. It's still so early and there's still so much green space to, to build the future right. with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this, like you said, to be immersed in this thing, is that exactly what it is? This, this multitasking, this ability, you don't have to stop your class and you don't have to uh, surrender to this uh, device uh, called screen. <laughs> right. You, this thing is part of you. You just um, talk to it and you have a question you ask. And today, uh, even I, I don't even talk about our program, but teachers today, there's a blueprint that teachers can create their own programs. And uh, yeah, so it's a, I think it's no brainer <laughs> that it will be in the classrooms. Absolutely. I, I no couldn't brainer. agree more. Well, Misha, as, as we kind of wrap things up here, I just want to say this has been an, an incredibly fascinating conversation, and I'm I'm so happy to hear about the results that you've seen so far. And again, that story you told just a bit ago about the, the feedback you got from that from that 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 child that who who's you know right. was blind and used it. I mean, that's that's the type of stuff I'm sure that just keeps you going to get feedback like that. So I I really think you've just kind of you're at the tip of the iceberg here with, with how deep you can go with what you're building. And I'm really excited to, to stay in touch and, and see where things go. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. Thank you very much. But, and yeah. Absolutely. And if, if anybody wanted to reach out to you or get in touch with you, what are some of the best ways for them to go about doing so? Um, yeah. Just uh, Google us thinking patients or our website, www.thinkingcapinnovations.com or just directly our Twitter or Facebook, or also directly to me, Michael at thinkingcapinnovations.com. I'll be, so if, you, if you're interested in, in uh, partnerships if, or your school district or teachers, we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. And I'll make sure to include some of those links in the episode notes as well so people can have them. But otherwise, Misha, thank you so much again for taking the time to chat with me. I'm, I'm really excited for for folks to get to hear this episode and I'm looking forward to keep in touch. Yeah. Thank you. Nick. It was great fun. Thank you. Yep. Take care. Artificial intelligence, voice recognition, machine learning. Robot. You've been listening to the artificial podcast with your host, Nick Myers. Nick Myers to stay up to date with all our latest episodes. You can subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google podcasts. To learn more about how your organization can benefit by unlocking the power of AI and voice, visit www.redfox-ai.com. Until next time, 